Because last week, one of our readings for the day was about Jesus beginning to preach his message of repentance and that the kingdom of heaven had arrived. And I used Jesus' sense of urgency as a framework to convey my own sense of urgency for us to get serious about our faith and involvement in the church and, you know, after so many cancellations and delays because of the weather and, and feeling behind. And I still stand by that, but during the week, the Spirit of God worked in me and I realized I may have come off a little too frantic or hurried. I was out of breath practically after the 8.30 service and while I enjoyed the Bible study over at the Connect Center immensely, I, I did a lot of the talking and got weary of hearing myself. And then I come over here for the 1045 service and it was the same as the early service. You know, back-to-back noise from start to finish with no pause for God to do the speaking. And then confirmation happened later that night and we were behind schedule and once again I felt like I had to cram all this talking into, you know, to make up for lost time and that's not what I, have, what I should have done. No matter how far behind I am or we are as a church in our schedule of things to do, God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak into our lives. Now, how is that going to happen without pausing for a moment and listening? You know, our worship services are interesting. I don't know if you ever thought about this or realized it, but the majority of our service here is speaking back to God the words He gave us. It's like a conversation with God using His words. And as beautiful as that is, it seems there's very little time set aside during the service to just listen. It's made up of, you know, our service is made up of prayers and readings and a message and singing. And it all flows pretty much continuously without pause. Sure, God speaks to us in the readings and, and the sermon and the hymns and the songs, but where is the be still and know that I am God part? You know, one could make the case that if our worship service is a foretaste of heaven, then it should be noisy because the Bible says heaven is filled with sound. Choirs of saints and angels and trumpets and all kinds of things going on. You don't come away from Scripture with the impression that heaven is a silent place. Yet Scripture also speaks of being still and knowing that God is God. And there are times of quiet contemplation by Jesus and others that seem to indicate for us the importance of this. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't sit back and watch others be in a relationship with Jesus and be transformed from the old person to, the new per, to a new creation. You can have it too. At the same time, I'm, I'm trying to balance that with just be. <laughs> you know, just listen and let God do the speaking. Let Him change you and me, us, into new people. This is what Jesus intends to do for us with the sermon he gave on the mountain. The things he says here are the principles 
which the Christian life is formed and molded. It was given to the disciples and then they passed it on down to the generations and it's given to us. These are blessings handed down through generations. So I encourage you to read it again at home with your families or alone and let God speak. Read it, be silent, let Him speak to you. Let Him speak forgiveness, let Him speak peace, let Him speak comfort, let Him speak love, let Him speak mercy. Whatever He has to say to you, listen. Now silence is hard for today's Christian of any denomination in America because of the way our lives are. Silence is hard because within a few seconds of it, we have to deal with ourselves. And that's an uncomfortable place. It's easier to just let the sounds of the world distract us. But read the gospel reading for today and be silent. And listen. I don't know what he'll say to you. That's going to be different for each one of us. And I, I would also encourage you to let God do the speaking in light of the high tensions right now in the civil realm. You know, the Christian church has made this month a time to reflect on human life, namely the unborn, although the right to life includes those of any age who are facing the decision to live or die and who, who can't speak for themselves. So we have the baby bottles, right? You can get those. Uh, we have a box of empty ones there in the, in the narthex. And if you brought your bottle today with some uh, donation, you can bring it up to the altar during the offering, okay? When it comes to abortion, everyone's got an opinion or their own personal belief. The church has got a position statement. The government's got laws. It's a confusing myriad of voices and noises that, you know, just the thing itself indicates that something is wrong with the world. Pro-life and pro-choice thinking people can agree on one thing, and that is a woman is generally not happy to get an abortion. It's not a happy occasion in life. Planned Parenthood abortion clinics are not happy places to visit, no matter what kind of pleasant music they play or what magazines they have to read in the waiting room. Getting an abortion might be a relief for some, but teenage girls and adult women don't come out with tears of joy. Something is wrong because at the end of the day, a person is not wanted. State and federal laws, abortion clinics, pregnancy crisis centers, church position statements, protest marches, and whatever else aren't going to correct or change people being unwanted. Of any age, whether it's one second or 100 years, an unwanted pregnancy as Planned Parenthood puts it, is an unwanted person. And I get it. <clears throat> I get it that a scared 14-year-old girl, <clears throat> just to use one example, isn't necessarily going to want her baby. That's all the more reason to show that there's something wrong. There's something wrong in the world. It's not the way God intended the human race to be fruitful and multiply. We can, however, let God speak His word of life 
and forgiveness into this situation and into people's lives. God's word is not just words on paper. There's a person in them. There is the person of Jesus. The word became flesh. And the word doesn't come back empty, you know. The Holy Spirit does the work for which he was sent out to do. Namely, to bring light into darkness. To awaken people's hearts to Jesus. To proclaim forgiveness. Peace and reconciliation. Reconciliation with God, the Father. To bring life to people and change their hearts to follow Him. So with that, I'll do less of the talking then and let God do the speaking as we listen. Amen.